All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Scumtown Podcast. I am your host, Scumbag Vinny Beetle. Today we have a very special guest, comedian Joel Gardner from New York City is here to join us during this end of our quarantine days. Joel, what's going on, my friend? Hey, everyone. Uh, everything's going good. Just chilling here. Uh, trying to survive out here, too. Trying to survive out here? Yeah. So, I mean, Joel, we, me and you met, I believe, around 2016, if I'm not mistaken, 2016, 2017. And at the time, I was producing live comedy shows in New York City at Broadway Comedy Club, I believe. And that's how, is that how we met? Yeah, that's how we met. Um, I, I went to an open mic and... Um, it was Easter, so um, basically there was no open mic, so many shows. But it, um, I went there thinking there was an open mic, and I had a show going on. And um, you actually let me go up that day. Oh, so that was the beginning of it. Was that uh, we didn't? You just went because you thought it was a mic, and I was just like, "Yeah, let's get you on stage." So, how was your first experience that night? Um, it was actually really, really good. Um, I it was kind of really early on in the, my career. And I haven't really done any shows or any mics like that. And um, that was actually really one of my first shows that I actually did. And it was actually really um, phenomenal like that. Uh, we actually ran a really good. Yeah, we had a nice full crowd at Broadway every Friday. I do remember that. And a lot of us worked hard to make sure that happened. So after that, I think I contacted you again and I said, hey, man, you know, do you want to do this again? Except this time, you know, you can promote it and and sell some tickets and whatnot and be a part of this thing and try to grow it into something big. In that first show, man, you must have brought like 30 people. Uh, yeah. I remember it was, uh, it was uh, a lot of friends, a lot of um, people, a lot of people, even people I came out of the street came and supported that day. Yeah, so wh- let me ask you really quick. Did, did a lot of those people come from like New York City? Where are you from? Oh, I'm from, I'm from Brooklyn. Oh, okay, okay. And a lot of my, there's a lot of people from New York City in general. That's great. Um, That's great. Um, the Bronx, Brooklyn, even some from Manhattan. Now we had a lot of comics on those shows, and I do remember your gimmick specifically having something to do with like the phrase "fuck you" or something. What what was that about? It was, it was a, um, that one. I don't know if I ever do that again. But I had <laughs> uh, the F word printed on T-shirts. And what 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 was the uh like what was what was the joke behind it? Was it just like oh, funny it was, to? It was just supposed to be shock value. <laughs> just people saying "fuck you" every day and like everywhere. So I do remember you had my wife is fascinated to this. She you're one of her favorite entertainers for this specific reason because you did this for you only and it was for nobody else. You had a notebook where you let different people sign "fuck you" in different languages and different ways. Explain that a little bit. It was um usually like you uh, I thought about it this way as if you had your own kind of um if you have your like if you write a book from like somebody who um who wrote a book you actually had them like sign into it saying like oh can you kind of kind of get your autograph this one was kind of like getting autographs from different people right so so it was just um just staying on brand too right just fuck everything. 
Now what? Um, now after that show, did did you remember working with me? I mean, how many? I mean, I'd just been doing so many shows at that point. How many more times did you work with me after that night? About three or four. And then, and then what? Uh, just pardon my memory, man. I'm just completely terrible with with this stuff. What What ended up happening with that? Did you stop doing stand up? Did you just stop doing my shows? I stopped doing stand up. Okay, and what, do you want to talk about that at all, or is that something that, like, what what um, what ended up happening with that? I'm sure a lot of people and comedians and people who loved you and miss you out there want to know. I, um, I kind of like uh, I was focused too much on it, in the fact where it's like I was not um focusing too much on my, my regular life, my personal life. Right, right, right. And, the balance, and, right? That balance. Yeah, and I've been like warned before, like, oh, you have to have a balance and everything. Like, I, I had to be telling about that. It had to be a balance, and um, I didn't really listen too much, and I needed to get that balance back. Yeah, I, I got to be honest with you, man. That is something that took me a long time to learn because you just love it so much, and you want to live that like rock star lifestyle and be at clubs every night and meet people and be on stage, and and I get that, man. I get that a lot, and that could weigh heavily on anybody's mental you know and it did for me but when I met my fiance Jessica she had a daughter already who was about three and a half years old and that really shook my world up and, and changed a lot for me and 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 of course when you have a family you know it's easy for that balance because you got to go home at night and your family's there to take care of the next day so that helped me you know so maybe uh maybe popping some little Joel's out might be the answer or, or meeting a good girl you know I think that actually might be a thing. It's, it's uh, you're right. I kind of need to like, have like a staple in the real world, in the real world today. Well, yeah. kids are good because they keep you on point, dude. It's like you know, if I was uh, a single guy, I might not even have the ambition to make as much money as I can or do bigger opportunities because I need to. So, kind of gives you that pressure, you know. Now, um, you did spend a lot of time up in Buffalo. I do know this. I'm a Bills fan, and I never forget my Buffalo natives. Um, can you explain that? What was your time up in Buffalo like, or in that area? That's actually where I started doing comedy. Um, I, I spent maybe about maybe three, four years up there. Um, and I actually... That's where I started doing comedy. That's where I did a lot of people with my sister. I met a lot of um, comedians actually through the um, through comedy up there. And and, and I, yeah, like how did that go? How was your first show? Uh, it was it was actually good. Uh, no, I actually no, I never um, I never really did a show up in Buffalo. Oh. Yeah, but still, I mean, mics. So your mics were good then. Did any of them ever have an audience up in Buffalo? Any of the mics? Yeah. Yeah. See, so so to me, that's a show because audiences sometimes don't know the difference. It's comedians who kind of separate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, if you're out at a bar and then comedy starts, you're probably like, "Oh, comedy show just started." But you know, the comedians are like, "Oh, this is just an open mic." And so you know, that's cool that you at least had some people there for your first experience. Um, I do remember, man, you were, anyway, a weed smoker. Are you still a weed smoker? Not as much. Not as, not as much? <laughs> were you getting a little paranoid in your own head? Yeah. 
<laughs> you must have been smoking some good shit, buddy. <laughs> now, have you ever had any issues with substance with any other drugs or alcohol or anything like that? No, just weed? Yeah, see, so you needed to um, chill out on the weed front, bro. I mean, you must have been bugging. Yeah, so that's what happened. That's how I um, dropped it down a bit. I actually... Um, uh, it used to be very, very heavy, and then I actually really learned how to turn it to it. Yeah, because any, anybody that wants to smoke with me immediately after a comedy show definitely smokes a lot of weed. So I was like, okay, Joel is uh, going to be one of my best friends. That's awesome. <laughs> so what do you what is, what is it like being a nurse? You said you're a nurse. You're an overnight nurse. Is that in an old folks' home? Yeah. How's that? It could be a little sad. That could be a sad job, no? Oh, that's a very sad job. But it's not that. It's not that bad. They got you. I say I learned like a lot from like uh, people like who live with, like long lives. You kind of like gain like a new perspective on life. Oh yeah, yeah. Cause they got just a lot of wisdom and shit too, man. That's very true. Um, I can see. Uh, it's working there at night, so mostly everybody's asleep. So that's the only other thing. But, um... <laughs> You're just looking at sleeping old people every night? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, do any of the white people have um, dementia where they don't remember stuff, so then they wake up and see a black guy standing over their bed? <laughs> and just scream for murder. <laughs> that happened. That, that really stupid. That happened a lot in the beginning. Where, uh, <laughs> that happened a lot in the beginning. <laughs> Until they remembered, right? Exactly. And they don't remember your name or anything. They just know, like, some black guy's taking care of them. It's terrible, but old white people are the most racist out of any of the white race, you know? Because they come from a time where it was, like, accepted more. And speaking on the subject man i normally never talk about serious situations like this i actually started my comedy career 12 years ago and i i did a lot of shows where i was the only white guy in a, in a huge room where it was a predominantly black audience you know or black and latino audience and I would always make a lot of racial jokes and i just did it in a way that people liked me you know i got over with the audience and I've said some really fucked up shit on stage, but I never meant it. I think they understand that, you know? And so I get, I, I get nervous to do those kind of shows and perform that like that these days, just because the craziness of what's going on. I don't know if you've seen the video and, and know what's going on, obviously in Minneapolis, Minnesota with this guy, George, who was killed by police. But that was by far the worst thing I've ever seen out of any police brutality video. Um, I, you know, so some of my fans might be listening to this. And the reason I said all that is because they're like, Vinny, well, you've said this in another episode. You've joked about this. You've joked about that. But the bottom line is, dude, is, is I joke around. This is comedy. You know, that is some really crazy shit. And to just see that, well, what, what upset me was two things. Number one, obviously the people who murdered this man, the police officers not letting up for so long. And and I never I know they didn't have the whole clip. I don't know. Did you see this video? I see. I, I, yeah. I, I it was so long, but they never understood where it went from him being calmly sitting on the ground to being need like that. And any 
any cop should know that when a man is not resisting and he's begging for you to just let up, that it's over. You got him. You know what I mean? Like, so when people try to defend police actions, because I got cop friends too, man, and they'll say, oh, not everybody's like that, and I get it. That was pure racism, man. That was a murder. That was a murder. You know, there's no denying that. It was not premeditated because they didn't know he would be there, but it, it definitely was a murder, you know, and, and I just want to see, I just want to see things change. Yeah. Can you hear me? Joel. Did I lose you? I might've lost him. He's going to get back in here in a second. If he has been disconnected, we're, we're doing the podcast via zoom pandemic, a lot of stuff going on, but but maybe it's my internet connection. So what I'm going to do is... Hang on one second there, Joel. I'm reconnecting now to my better internet. Joel, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, good. We're, we're back. Sorry. So basically what I was trying to say is it's fucked up, man. It's racist to murder. You know, these guys need to pay for their crime. Um, but what's happening in Minneapolis because of it with these riots and all more people are getting killed. It's terrible, dude. It's scaring the shit out of me. It was, it's probably like, I think that was probably like one of the, as you said, the scariest was I see. Um, I could say it's probably just as scary as a, I don't know if it's just as scary as the guy who was shot by the, um, people like, um, the Arbery guy who's was just jogging through the jogger. Yeah, I seen that one. Yeah. So it's probably like one of this the scariest ones where it's like it, it didn't even look like they were even care. It like they were just kind of like doing it to. <coughs> it just looked. Dude, the Aubrey one is no joke. I mean, all these videos are fucked up, but the problem with George's video is the man suffered. He really suffered. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure about Aubrey's injuries. I didn't read much about it. If he died when he was shot or if he suffered later on. But this guy, George, he fucking suffered, man. He suffered so much. And for nobody to even stop it, I I couldn't have watched it. I could not have been there and watched it. You're speaking to a guy who does not want to spend a day in jail. And I'm scared of it, but I just could not sit there and watch it. I would had to have, at the very least, while it was being recorded, tackled the officer that was on his neck. I, I would have been arrested for battering a police officer and interfering. But, you know, a court would have probably released that, man. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a court would have dropped that shit immediately. But then the thing about it... Go ahead, go ahead. People in the background. Oh, sorry. You hear the people in the background, like, if you, you seen the video how they were, like, actually, like, yelling in the background, like, please get off of him, get off of him, uh, he's not even moving anymore. Like, that, that's when they kind of got to me when they say he wasn't even moving anymore. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 dude, but he was begging for his fucking life, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's inexcusable. It's, it's inexcusable. There's nothing about that crime scene that can... I mean, dude, you got white guys that literally shoot up fucking schools and malls and and theaters and they get brought to trial and learn, try to get studied and they're trying to figure out why they're like this, but yet, yet, you know, you don't get that same treatment for black people, man. You really don't. Not in America. And 
if you notice, it is a direct, it is a direct thing between police officers and African American people. And I'll tell you why I think it is. I've spent a lot of time traveling the country and done a lot of comedy shows in a lot of shitty areas. And, and those neighborhoods are just kind of categorized. Like when cops have their meetings in the morning, they talk about going into those neighborhoods with their guard up. They do. There's no way they don't. You know what I mean? You know, they talk about it constantly because they go to those neighborhoods looking for people who are doing or soliciting illegal activity instead of waiting for a crime to being committed. You know what I mean? And so they, they don't really allow that. I mean, how many times have you been in a shitty neighborhood in Brooklyn and seen cops just driving by for no reason? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, do they really need to be on the road wasting city, um, you know, money with gas and miles on the car and maintenance on the car and just driving around patrolling? Like, do we live in a free country? Do we live in a country where police need to patrol? You know, back in the 50s, man, even in the 50s where supposedly racism was at its highest, you never seen cops patrolling like that. You'd see guys walking around, maybe on a bike, you know, trying to, you know, if somebody needed help, they called the police, you know. I just feel like there's so much martial law going on within our own country, within our local police departments. It, it really is sickening, you know. Um, even if you think about just stop and frisk, random stop and frisk on young black kids. I, I know a lot about this. I watch a lot of YouTube, Joel. I watch a lot of YouTube, and I want to see, like, a perspective, you know. And there are tons of people that post videos like this, and uh, it gives you, like, because with me, with cops, man, I've had experiences, police officers myself, you know, I'm a fucking chubby Italian kid, so I don't go through the same thing African-American guys go through. But the experience I've had with them is, you know, not the same. Not the same. I've been arrested for crimes that I've been accused of. And whether it was selling weed or something like that, it was just never the same. I never got roughed up. I never got, you know what I mean? I always was treated real good. They would let me call who I needed and do this and that. And it's like, I just know I would not get the same treatment if I was black. I can say one thing, like, uh, for me, it's uh, a lot, if, I mean, I guess I've been going, I go through the same amount as you, like, um, I've never been, I've never been targeted by the police, I can say that much, I don't know why, uh, I've actually been kind of pretty lucky, and uh, some people would tell me about the, um, their experiences, the only time that I've had, like, experiences with the cops is whenever I did anything wrong, like, yeah, I, yeah. But uh, I think uh, I've never been targeted like the way that I've seen, especially in that video. But we're not really talking, yeah, we're not really talking about being targeted by cops. We're really, at the end of the day, talking about a murder and, and young black kids and people getting murdered all over the country by police officers um, for crimes that don't validate what the ending result is. Like, how many times have you seen... You know, even like a young black kid stole a car and on a speed chase and police are firing fucking shots at a, like 40 at a time into the fucking car. You know what I mean? And so like, you know, you see videos like this every day, man. You see in my position, you see videos like this every day and it sucks because there's nothing that any of us can do about it. I'm not a cop. I treat everybody with the same respect already. I love all people, all races, all colors. So, you know, aside from getting out there and doing a podcast like this where more people can hear it, and even if there are those white people out there that have a hatred toward anybody, 
just let it go, man. Like, you must be sad at yourself, right, Joel? I mean, these people really got to be upset with their own shit, you know? You know, anybody... Dude, think about it. Why would somebody just go out of their way to hate anybody just because of the way they look? To hate somebody. It's one thing. I grew up in high school. I was like one of the... I wouldn't say I was a bully, but I made fun of everybody. I made fun of the bullies. I made fun of everybody. And no one ever felt like I was singling them out. They just said, oh, Vinny fucks with everybody, you know, and that's what I think made me a comedian. But, you know, pure, like, racism, to have that kind of hatred towards somebody you don't even know just off the way they look, you must hate yourself more. You must hate yourself more. And I feel like these people really project, you know what I mean? Like, they really project. Now, we can't get over history, man. White immigrants from England or wherever the fuck they were from came to this country and they bought and sold slaves, and white people did that for years. And not to get too crazy on the subject, but Italian people and my family's heritage and what I was taught when I grew up, Italian people came here before uh, a lot of others did, a lot before even, you know, they were one of the first immigrants in the country. And we were treated very, very poorly. We were poor. They didn't give us good jobs. You know, we weren't Irish or French or English or British or whatever the hell. And a lot of my, you know, family talks about how poor they were. And that is why Italians essentially started the mafia was because they started taking care of their own, you know. And so that is the same formula that kind of takes care of like gangs in inner cities, right? They're just trying to take care of their own at that point, you know. So the social justice of that really comes from the top and it's how we treat each other. And I think that's why I've always related to black people because as an Italian dude, we went through that shit. We were tired of it. We did our own thing. And it's just such a cultural speculation that, you know, black people are doing something wrong by trying to stand up for themselves. And they're not. Like right now, what's happening in Minnesota, it sucks because right now what what the riots are happening, Joel, what they don't realize, like, all right, so like a kid got shot dead for trying to break into a pawn shop. I'm not saying he was or wasn't, but that could have been a black man who owned the pawn shop that shot at the guy. Now you just got... A senseless crime. You know what I mean? I guess I'm more for peaceful protest, but then nothing gets done with that, really. You know? Yeah. It's tough, man. I didn't mean to get too deep into it. I just, uh, I haven't really talked about anything like this on air yet, and it, this one really hit home for me. I did. It's super current, that guy. It had to be talked about. Uh, I know they said that the police officers were fired. Yeah, they were. Fu- what the fuck is that, though? Who gives a shit about that? Some guy lost uh, his I life. I mean, I know, I know, I know. It's a good step, and they want to see him arrested. But to me, it's like, dude, I don't know. I almost feel like sometimes it should be like those medieval eye for an eye days. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's what a lot of people are thinking right now. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, people run. Um, you're right. The eye for eye days a whole world blind. That's the only thing I can say about it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. That peaceful protest is the way to go then, dude. It's definitely not what they're doing right now. You know what I mean? I mean, it's already spread to L.A., you know, their history and uh, with with everything that's going on in L.A. Yeah, exactly. And they're rioting there right now, and that shit was years ago. So I'm like, wow, if it's spread into other cities and, and the world's already in mass crazy, like you got to think, right? I don't know how many black Americans there are, but let's say there's, you know, a hundred million, right? Um, they were all cooped up in their homes for like three months, bro. And then this happens. Like, come on. This this could really get crazy. 
you know? And it makes me fear only because I'm not that kind of person. I know I have nothing to worry about, but you know, at some point you're just, you know, as a black male, I would feel fed up with any white guy I fucking seen. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. I'm not like that. I just, uh, I know exactly what you mean about like, uh, it kind of was like this, it makes it so much, it makes it, um, it kind of turns this whole thing into a race war. Yeah, dude. Yeah, because you're going to have white people that aren't even that racist that are just going to say the wrong thing because they got to pick a side. And it's like fucked up. You know what I mean? And it, it uh, that I don't agree with. I just got to play. I just got to take it. I got to take the right side is what I got to do. You know what I mean? And the right side is the side of African-American Americans. Uh, African-Americans, excuse me. And, and I just feel like right now more than ever, White people need to speak up because it's not enough for every black person to say Black Lives Matter. You know, all these white uh, police officers and people, nobody's seeming to get it. You know what I mean? It's like it's like nobody's seeming to really get it through their heads. Because as much as we say, like, look at how many riots happen, bro, and how many World Star videos do you see like this a week? Do you watch World Star Hip Hop? No. Uh, I watch it strictly for the music videos. I don't, I don't, um, bro, it's culturally there every day. It's posted every day. There's something every day, every day. You're seeing somebody harassed by police. It's every single day. And you know, they're even stopping people from filming it and YouTubers and trying to get people arrested just for trying to film what's really going on out there. Right. Uh, I see that yeah, you're smoking. Uh, uh, we can come. Um, say called this. I didn't know that you were smoking, but uh, I had something that I forgot to show you. Uh, uh, this is uh, Air Riser. That's amazing. Yeah, it's uh, so it, it basically you just put the button here and make this thing up. Sorry, do we cut? Do we cut off for a sec? Hell no, you're good. We're good. Uh, uh, <laughs> this thing is. <laughs> so I, I I know we were getting like on deep into the. the I just get pissed, thing. bro. I get pissed, you know. It is. Uh, I'm just gonna fill this up real quick. Uh, but you're right about that. You're right about um. It's being unrushed every single day. Now you could put you could that's for THC. You could put uh, CBD in there as well. Yeah. Where do you get that? I got it from a smoke shop. So if people are interested, it's a what is it called? An air? What is it called again? Air riser. An air riser, and it's probably a healthier way to smoke. And if you're interested and you're not into smoking THC or not prescribed it like I am, uh, you could head over to www.sweetheal.com. And use promo code SCUMTOWN, S-C-U-M-T-O-W-N, or promo code BEETLE, B-E-E-D-L-E, and get 20% off your orders of $50 or more. We ship internationally. We ship throughout the U.S. And Sweet Heal is a CBD company that produces CBD. They produce uh, pre-rolls for CBD, and they also produce CBD-infused products like hand sanitizer. So if you've been stuck home and you're running out of the sanitizer, Head on over to SweetHeal.com and do that. So thank you, 
Joel, because interrupting me, uh, I mean, you might just have people commenting and being like, why is this white guy just lecturing this black dude? And what's going on in America? No, no, no. You, you, <laughs> you can see me right uh, in make a lot of your um, things about it. It's, it's been kind of getting out of hand. But, um, I just kind of like what I want to uh, say is like, I hope that it's not just viewed in a racial way, because there's, there's racial tendencies behind it, like um, racist tendencies behind it, but I kind of want to make sure this is more of a thing of not white versus black, I want to make sure that it's a thing of right versus wrong. Right versus wrong. But you don't see white people getting killed by police officers on video, man. It just doesn't happen. You know no, what I mean? No, you don't. That's why I say it's racial, but uh, we, have to, we have to respond to it. The response of it shouldn't be right versus black. And you know what? And you know what? You're right. And you know what else? It's a police. It's a police issue. Yeah, oh, that's actually another thing as well. That that needs to be. There needs to be some kind of training done to actually. Not even training, dude. Like, who's holding anybody accountable for for protocol? They have these videos, right? They have these body cams. And it seems that all body cams do is provide evidence to incarcerate a police officer who's already killed a man. How about setting up a system where there is, you know, a higher up monitoring police live all the time, you know, and and being able to radio in and say, you know, to their partners, hey, if you don't want to lose your job, you're going to stop him from acting that way. You know what I mean? And and so there really needs to be that that watchful eye because who the hell wants to see body cams after a man's already lost his life? Who wants to see it then? No one does. I'd much rather see that have some kind of a system where it actually affects the live uh, policing where they're monitored and have to act the right way. The same way I would if a secret shopper came into AT&T when I used to sell cell phones and I had to act the way that the company wanted me to. Do you understand? Or I was going to lose my job. You know, it's like there has to be some kind of system like that. And I know they have internal affairs, but again, these kind of things aren't usually picked up until a crime's already been committed by an officer. You know what I mean? So, or a suspected crime. And usually the worst crimes happen in an instant. You know what I mean? And in this case, it could have been prevented that way. This wasn't a gunfire. This was him literally for minutes at a time. And if they had been monitored by somebody higher up, you know, that they would have been notified to get the fuck off the guy's neck. You know what I mean? And that's just my feeling on it. There has to be somebody to, to be accountable because you're just essentially giving power to everybody who gets hired as a police officer now has power over regular citizens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and that's fucking nuts. That's that's not America. That's, uh, that's insanity, really. And uh, as you were saying before, like... Uh... They're more learning about response and prevention. Yeah, it's a good point. It's it starts to think about, but uh, I mean, look. If anything, what we can do as comedians is keep trying to bring people, you know, material that they can laugh about and. I think more comedians that are out there making people laugh and even, you know, doing podcasts and, and just keeping people happy. <laughs> you know, imagine if we just kill everybody with kindness. I mean, that can work as well. But in this instance, it wouldn't. The man was suspected of like fraud on a check. That should have been a ticket or an arrest that you're brought down. And they, you know, the thing about police is this, right? 
So if they suspect you of a crime and they have enough what they think evidence to prove the crime, they're going to arrest you. Now, you're not guilty until you're proven in the court of law. So why police officers try to badger men into into basically incriminating themselves on something else other than they're investigating is a huge problem within the police system. And I know that they successfully find out things all the time about people looking for warrants and asking people for IDs and shit like that. But it seems like from the one video that was posted, he was brought over to the side of the building standing up and they asked him to sit down and they started asking him questions. Well, if the check is in fact forged, that man should have been arrested, put in the cop car, and brought downtown. End of story. So then all of a sudden now you got temper slaying, you got a man who's already in cuffs, who's trying to work his way out of cuffs using his words. Once he finds out that doesn't work, maybe the worst thing that happens is he spit in the guy's face or called him a fucking piece of shit. Whatever it was, it didn't warrant him to get maybe dragged to the ground because that's normal. But then what they did from there was they put, he put his knee. Now there's other, probably two or three other officers holding him down. And this one guy's got his knee on his neck. And, but for two or three minutes, the man was pleading for his life, you know? And so that's when you have the, as an adult, you have the mind to say, anybody around there is guilty, man. From the fucking cameraman to the man who actually did it. Everybody around there watched it happen. And that is my biggest thing, too, from watching it. I'm like, man, how the fuck did somebody not shoulder block that guy? Just shoulder block him, you know? And and they fear for their life. And I get that. But how are we really going to make change? You know what I mean? And that's what the problem with our society is, too. There were more people watching that than we know. You know what I mean? You know, and uh, anyways, not to just drag this out for a very long time, but uh, it definitely affected me in a really, really uh, emotional way. You know, I'm a guy who likes to stay funny and stay motivated and uh, and seeing the videos on World Star, what's happening in Minnesota and everything, Joel, it's just really fucked up. And a lot of my friends are black guys <laughs> and I just want I want them to know, too, that I support that in no way. It is not a race thing, but from my standpoint, I don't even support what the police are doing right now um, to African American men in this country. And it's time that it's time that people are all equal, man. This is what people died for in a civil war hundreds of years ago. This is what Abe Lincoln, you know, wanted, and our country seems to be going backwards. Yeah, very true. You're right about the backwards part. It's Every single thing we make, like maybe one step forward, is always two steps back. Yeah, and like you definitely see that happening. Where it is, you think about what kind of progress is being made, you kind of see it being done, and then there's something like this that kind of says, like, nah, it's still here. Um, it's still right in front of you. Now, as just to kind of jump off onto a different topic. As far as a comedian, would you like to say that these are topics, not this particularly, but do you like to talk about real world topic on stage or do you like to, like, what kind of comedy do you like to write? Uh, I used to want to talk about politics, but I kind of changed from that where I, I don't really want to deal with politics anymore because people see it on the news all the time. So I try to, like, I've been making jokes about work, about um, working in the nursing home. 
<laughs> See, no, 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 I'll let you say that one minute. Do you? No, my wife just walked in with some lunch. Uh, so you you actually make fun of the uh, the old people on stage? Not really make fun of the. Uh, it's more not. It's not about real things that happen at work. It's just more like fake things. Right, right, right. Yeah. So um, I have one where my favorite thing to do in the night um, at work is late at night when my patients are asleep. I go into the rooms and I finish the jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> and that way they are. They come to me in the morning. <laughs> and <I> say, hey. <laughs> what do they say? They say, excuse me, nurse, somebody finished my jigsaw puzzle last night. It's like, no. You finished your jigsaw puzzle last night. Oh my God. You're crazy. You're crazy. Uh, I um, hopefully the the liar did that joke to show that I never actually do that to anybody. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I don't believe you, Joel. <laughs> I believe it might even get a little more sinister than that. So my uh, my mother in law actually is a CNA, and she tells me all the time that she eats. Uh, the old people she takes care of, she eats their bacon in the morning because they're not supposed to have it anyway. And I think it's the funniest and most fucked up thing all at the same time. The breakfast comes in every day and this lady eats like maybe 16 pieces of bacon for eight people. <laughs> and fucking nobody even thinks there's bacon in the whole facility except her and the cook. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think you guys have to do that stuff in order to stay sane with all these old people around, right? There's some stuff you have to do to stay sane. <laughs> That's You're funny. Right that. That's funny, man. Now with COVID, what happened with your job? Did you decide to just kind of take off time from it with what's going on, or did they tell you to stay home, or are you still doing I, it? Yeah, I took off. A, I took off a bit of time just just to, um, safety, just for safety as well. Um, but uh, I want to. I think I'll be going back within uh, just a couple of weeks. I just wanted to make sure this whole thing was like cooling over just a little bit. Right. 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 Um. So that's great, man. It's been it's been really cool to talk about some serious topics with you. But getting back to you, uh, do you have any brothers or sisters? You grew up with any siblings? I have two younger brothers. Oh, really? And what do, what do they think about you doing stand up? Do they like you as a comedian? They think you're a funny guy. Uh, one does, one doesn't. <laughs> when, uh, one sees it, and the other one he says, uh, he says, nah, nah. Something I ain't with that. Yeah. You know what it is, is uh, like my best friends are like my brothers and they want to see you be funny like they like you to be funny. Like those moments you guys had, you know, when you were young and they don't see it in your material really right away. But, you know, as you grow, they will support all of them will and, and in their own way. Um, what made you want to be a comedian? What was that moment? The moment? Uh, I say the reason I wanted to be a comedian was... Um, I say I started when I Trump, um, Trump got elected. I started. That's when I started. Um, I say that's one thing. Like uh, when America turned into a joke. Yeah, and I say if he can, if he can do this, I can actually be funny and try to actually uh, do something with comedy. Because before I actually did a 
I did a paper, a college paper on um, comedy, and I said, hey, this is something I, I like researching. Uh, maybe I could actually, that actually led to me thinking like I could actually do it. And then I'm uh, just making jokes to myself and stuff like that. And I say around the time we got elected, that's the thing that I actually said, you know what, let me just do this and give it a try. And yeah. after he got elected, I actually went to an open mic. We're going to get you on the road, man. Once you hit the road, hit the south, do comedy in places that make you feel uncomfortable, a lot's going to change for you as a performer. You know what I mean? And you're going to really love it in the stories and the road and everything like that. And I'm excited for us to get to that because as some of the people here may not know, Joel is getting back on the road with Scumbag Vinny and we're going to be doing shows in the New York and Connecticut area once this COVID wraps up and everybody's safe. And also I'm going to be moving to Florida. It's the first time I'm announcing that I will be moving to the Orlando area and starting uh, a new show there that will run seven days a week to the public. So, Joel, I'm excited about all of those things. What uh, do you listen to? Any podcasts or anybody you like in particular? Uh, Joe Rogan. You're a big Rogan guy. Yeah. Everybody likes and, Joe Rogan. And no way, I started listening to his new podcast. Does he have a podcast, Wayne? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On um, on Beats Air. On really. Um, but yeah, how's that going? Um, pretty decent. Is is um, I listened to the one that he had with um, he just did a episode with Drake. I just listened to that. Oh, I gotta go check that out. Is there anything right now that you want to plug? Um, I know that you were thinking about having your own podcast started. Are you still thinking about doing that? Yes, I'm still thinking about it. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, listen, uh, where could they find you on social media? Joel SMG um, on Instagram. And they can find me on Joel SMG, on, Joel SMG 90 on Instagram. Joel SMG 90 on Snapchat. Oh, that's awesome, man. So go go out and follow my boy Joel, and, and, and you can see what his adventures are as the life of a RN for some old white people, and it's time for him to start getting revenge on them in different ways. I'm thinking maybe we could... Uh, I don't know, not not wipe their ass for a few days? What do you think? <laughs> when you get back to work, we'll figure that out. But find them on AG, find them on Facebook. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Scumtown Podcast. My name is Vinny Beetle. I'm your host. And um, go check out SweetHeel.com, promo code Beetle. Get your discounts. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. I'd like to take this time to shout out a couple of the sponsors for the Scumtown Podcast. Honda Hoarders on Instagram, Honda Hoarders on Facebook. It is a Facebook group. Between the both of them, there are 50,000 people that buy, sell, and trade Honda quads, trikes, and dirt bikes. So check them out now and also check out my buddy Vinny, who runs the group over at Power Sports Surplus. That's Power Sports Surplus LLC on Instagram, Power Sports underscore Surplus. They do used power sports sales located in Connecticut. Shipping available on all parts and machines. Cash paid for ATVs, trikes, and motorcycles. Please DM them now on Instagram or go to www.powersportsurplusllc.com or you can give them a call at 203-640-4735 and tell them that Scumbag Vinny sent you. Also, I'd like to shout out to our next sponsor that's going to be offering a promo code discount to our customers it is tiger life energy drink i've spoken about this energy drink in the past 
there was an older gentleman named Vinny who basically wanted us to take on the energy drink for a sponsor, but we found out he was just another 45-year-old version of Scumbag Vinny because he does not own the company, but we ended up getting touch with the real guys, and let me tell you something, they are ballers. Definitely not scumbags, better material than me, but they also have the cleanest energy drink on the market. So with all these health problems and things going on with COVID-19, you're going to want to do that, and you're going to want to head over also to www.sweetheel.com. Use promo code BEETLE for 20% off all of your CBD products with sales above $50. So thank you guys for listening to the show today. I appreciate it very, very much. Everything you guys do for me, uh, listening, you know, donating, subscribing, and buying merchandise from our sponsors is a huge way to support the podcast. And I really appreciate it. You could also head on over to patreon.com slash scumtown and try to subscribe to us there if you can. It's a couple bucks a month and you can just enjoy extra content that nobody else can hear. So that's it for me, Scumbag Vinny. I really appreciate you guys uh, listening in and uh, I look forward to bringing you guys more great content. Thank you.